It's the podcast. Cast, 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 cast. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm Carrie. And I'm Zach. Together, we are Bigger Life Adventures. We're a husband and wife team. We travel, we're entrepreneurs, and we're trying to live life mindfully, unconventionally, in a way that makes a difference. We're doing it all sober, and we believe the revolution this world needs is inside each and every one of us. Bigger Life Adventures Podcast, Episode 1. Episode 1. Here we are. It is the day after Christmas. We're recovering from Christmas-itis. We can just be honest. It's two days after Christmas because we tried to record this yesterday and somebody didn't hit record. Yep, so that's the first podcast was only heard by the two of us, technically. <laughs> so this is podcast 1.1. <laughs> okay, so 1.1, it's two days after Christmas. That's still okay. We're still recovering from Christmas-itis. And before we go into that, let's just introduce ourselves real quick. Yeah, so I'm Zach. I am a vegan chef. I teach meditation. I love um, MacGyvering things and um, sustainability and yeah, I went to engineering school. I was trying to be a rocket scientist for a while and now I am just me. (laughs) Well, you're still almost a rocket scientist. Almost a rocket scientist, but I am a person. I'm not defined by my job. I was going to say that was a lot of like things you do as a way to define yourself which is not usually like you. That's usually more like me. No, you sum that all up, and that equals Zach. Okay. Who are you? I am a person. I'm a woman. I'm 31 years old. I am a yoga teacher, a traveler, a writer, a photographer, a freelance Jane of all trades. Yeah, I do a lot of different things when you're talking about jobs mostly I would say I love traveling I love Zach we've been married for five and a half years feels like forever sometimes yeah and I yeah I love my doggies I love adventures I love hiking I love 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 yoga and I love sobriety and talking about recovery with people and helping people discover sobriety as an intentional desirable life choice that can change their lives and rock their worlds for the better like it did for me right our one of our main goals is to be perpetrators of this healthy revolution Mm -hmm. that i think is taking hold all over the world especially in the united states where we see it most And we're just trying to be ambassadors for positivity and just the the happiness and light that is in the world. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily taking hold most in the United States. I would say maybe it's needed most in the United States compared to a lot of other places we've been to recently. But yeah, I want to just spread love and light and be a witness to the fact that changing your insides is the first step in having a better life and a happier life and a bigger life and change is happening yeah and i think a lot of people are waking up to this and really realizing 
that they can't change the world until they first change themselves. And that was certainly true in both of our lives. I used to want, I always wanted to start a revolution, but I always thought that would be more like a Che Guevara type of revolution. But now I, I have a completely different outlook on the revolution, and I see it happening around me all the time. So what is the revolution like? What are some concrete examples that you see? Like the spreading, I, the revolution is the spreading of positivity. And it's like, uh, it's kind of like a virus. That like when you have one light that's positive, it, that light spreads to the next person and spreads to the next person, just like negativity spreads. If you're watching the news all the time, you're getting negativity, the negativity spreads, it gets in your heart. But this is the opposite, like... Yeah, just spreading positivity, yeah. I think it's a revolution of positivity. And also a revolution of people taking personal responsibility for their happiness and realizing that that is all they can actually control. Right, and if you change yourself, I guarantee you somebody else is going to notice and they're going to take a look at their selves. Yeah. And that's what I mean by it spreading like a virus because this thing is out of control. Right. I mean, I really think that we need to get over the days of like sitting around drinking, complaining about the government and how much life sucks and move on to like focusing on the good in our lives how we can be better people every day like how we can serve others and just taking those small positive steps even if they don't seem like big things all those little things will really add up to change our world right and every one of you can change yourself and make yourself better but you can't go out and change seven billion people right and if you focus on trying to change everyone or a huge number of people, you're just going to get overwhelmed and bogged down and depressed and do nothing. If you focus on changing yourself, like, in simple ways, like starting a meditation practice or starting a gratitude practice or giving up a bad habit, like, those are small changes that can become sustainable and one built on top of the other will really, it can change the world. Right. That's what we want to focus on is more giving like concrete ways that we can be better instead of pointing out all the flaws. Right. So how have we changed ourselves, I guess? How have we experienced this? Well, I mean, we used to sit around in the bar, we'd complain, we'd get off work, we'd say, oh, I hate paying taxes, I hate... I hate the new president. I hate all this. I hate this. my job. I hate my, my boss. My job's terrible. And, like, oh, I gotta pay registration on my car, and, and then we're at war with the whole world, blah, and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then, then we get drunk, and, and then you wake up in the morning, and you're hungover, and you still haven't done anything about it except probably write something on your wall about how everything sucks. Your Facebook wall or your actual wall? Uh, both. The Facebook I've, wall is I've like showing your age because <laughs> it's called a timeline now, Mr. 2005. It was called a wall when we first it's not joined. called a wall anymore? No, it's called a timeline now. Can we just start <laughs> writing on real walls? We'll just bank some Anyway, we should but... probably tell the people how old we are because that, I feel like it's relevant. Yeah, I was born in 1988. I'm 30 years old. 
I was born in 1987. So... We're technically millennials, I think. No, that's why I wanted to say this, because I was reading an article recently, because somebody left it open on the computer at my yoga studio. It was an article all about millennial entitlement. And so I was reading this, and I was, like, getting upset about it, because I feel like... A lot of these stereotypes people say about millennials don't apply to us, even though technically I guess we're millennials. But part of this article said that there is actually another generation in between that not everyone identifies, but it's called Generation Y. And it's if you were born between like 1960. 78 and 1990 or something which is us that's generation y and it's basically the generation of people who grew up alongside the internet because we still remember the days before there were computers in our houses and everyone had email so that's why so that's generation that makes a lot of sense i've talked about that for a while that we are going to be the last people that remember how it was Mm mm-hmm when everybody else, our parents, everyone dies off, we're going to still be here and we're going to be the ones. I remember the days right. when we couldn't just order a package and it showed up the next day. Yeah, and it's very different. There's a big difference between us actually having those memories of childhood and not having social media and the internet and all these things. Whereas people born like after 1997 or whatever, like the other millennials they, you know, have had these things their entire lives. So that's a very different experience. So, so we remember knocking on our friends' doors to ask them if they want to come out and play. So basically we're way better than millennials because we're Generation Y. Yeah, if you're millennial, you can still listen to our podcast. That's okay. <laughs> but I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> it's kind of how I feel. I'm proud to be Generation Y. I'm proud to be an 80s baby. So, so now, uh, uh, what we were going back to what we were saying. Now we don't go to the bar and sit around and complain about our problems. We actively try to fix ourselves every single day, make ourselves a little bit better. We have a meditation practice, a yoga practice. Me not as much as Carrie, but I mean, I do yoga at least. Meditation is yoga. It uh, it's an uh, one of the. One of the spokes of the wheel. It's one of the limbs, the eight limbs of yoga. Four spokes. You know, just having a daily practice. We wake up early now. We get a lot done. Like, usually we're up before the sun comes up, which is really cool. Because we're in northern Arizona. It's actually snowing right now. We have a huge fire going. Yeah, we're house-sitting for Zach's parents, who are generously letting us stay with them for a while. And it's beautiful here, but winter is very cold, and it's also our first winter in eight years. And it's my first sober winter. Yeah, usually winter is a good time for drinking. (laughs) You just, you get your booze stashed up, and you close all the blinds. That's what I used to do, at least. Yeah, I think I used to do that, too. It gets you through the cold Even in San Diego, when it wasn't very cold, I would still drink in the winter. We're conditioned from childhood, because growing up in Ohio, where we grew up, like, you, December, January, February, those times, it's, it's only light until 4.30 in the afternoon, and then it's gray all the rest of the time, and, you know, there's nothing to do. Right. Yeah, so... 
basically what we're saying, I'm sure you figured it out by now, is that our lives changed drastically when we got sober. And that was at different points of life for both of us. I've been sober for about two and a half years now. Yeah, and me, it's just uh, been a little over six months, so. Yay! So proud of you. Um, so how was Christmas different? This was your first sober Christmas. Yeah, I mean, Christmas was great this year. I was a lot more present, and I felt like I was, just, you know, like, in the moment, like, more connected with the family. Like, uh, I was a lot more useful, like, helping out with Christmas dinner, and, like, I, I still not a very good gift giver, but I, some years I don't think I bought anything for anyone. Except you, maybe. And I mean, if I do buy things, it's like not very mindfully. I'm not a very good gift giver, and I just use the excuse that it's not my love language, but I try. I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always kind of last minute, like, oh crap, what do I get everyone? Oh, I have no money. <laughs> but I do my best. And I think everyone really appreciated the fact that we cooked, like, half or more than half of the big Christmas dinner. I mean, you've had a couple Christmases now, so Mm -hmm. you're pretty used to it. Yeah. It's just so nice to actually be able to be helpful instead of, like, waking up in the morning and putting Baileys in my coffee right away and then, like, kind of trying to sneakily, like, refill my drink all throughout the day without anyone noticing. You get dark beer and put it in your coffee cup, and it's like, (laughs) wow, she drinks a lot of coffee. Yeah, right? And before, I would do that, and I would still try to help, but I think that now I'm actually helpful. Like, I can actually focus and get things done. And I think everyone who came over for Christmas dinner really appreciated all the delicious vegan side dishes that we made even though I always want to have them all to ourselves it's like all the meat eaters come over and they're like "Ooh, what's that that looks great (laughs) yeah the guy that was uh he's a big hunter around here and he was like wow I love this meatless sausage because I can't really eat sausage anymore but I still love the flavor yeah and so he was asking about where he could get the meatless sausage and you know, doing our little things, like, the people notice our positivity. Right. It's it, like just by... On. The little things. Just by cooking something plant-based, better for the planet, for ourselves primarily, and also to share, obviously, but just by sharing it, we made, like, a small difference. Maybe that guy and his wife will buy some vegan sausage instead of meaty sausage from now on just the wheel of karma turning yeah right but yeah i mean besides that like um the holiday like christmas in general it goes against a lot some of my values sometimes because of the consumerism part of it Mm -hmm. it's like we try to be very minimalist and like you know i want to have one of everything. I want to have one really nice pair of boots, one nice jacket, and I I don't need a bunch of different t-shirts with Grand Canyon on them. <laughs> and you know, I just I just want to have very few things, just enough. Well, we're very minimalist and utilitarian. Like we want all of our things to be 
purposeful and useful and quality instead of like having a boatload of stuff because we've already gone through that process of having tons of stuff and then having to get rid of it all and downsize and ah oh, that's so stressful and but then and wasteful yeah and i just feel so much better when i have a minimum of stuff and everything has a purpose and i know where everything is and i can put it all in a backpack <laughs> <laughs> And go wherever. <laughs> right. I mean, you can buy the cheap version made out of plastic and then have 10 of them over 10 years. Or you can buy one that's made out of metal and, you know, if it breaks, then you just go and fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's something we need to work on, I think, in the United States. But we do it ourselves. Let people watch and see that it happens. We don't need to tell them to make them do it. Right. But Christmas has a definite consumerist bent to it especially in this country and it can be hard to deal with that gracefully when like people give you things you just don't want or like even if you've tried to get the message across in the past about certain things you don't want and you still get them every year okay so <laughs> let's talk about like methods for Christmas. So, A, you want to try to give hints about what not to give you beforehand. Right. In a nice way. And how do you do that? Um. Uh, what my, my method is I pick out, like, another family member, and you kind of, like, nicely make fun of them a little bit, their gifts, in a hope that they notice, like, your other family members will notice. And then not make the same mistakes. So you make fun of someone behind their back in order to tell the person that you're talking to <laughs> what not to get you, basically. That's one of my methods. It might not be the best, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I mean, that method's still in development. But I do think it works a little bit. Yeah, it didn't really work this time, but it mm, worked a little bit. I think it worked because it used to be way worse. And I think over the years... Your family has gotten the message that we don't like a lot of stuff. So, it's still their way of showing love, though. So, yeah, I try to just accept it with gratitude, and sometimes it might go straight to eBay, but I'm still very grateful. But it's important to still be thankful for it, because they're, they're doing it with a good heart, and you have to still be grateful for these things that they give you. Right. Even if you don't need another jacket, if you don't need another pair of boots. Right. You know, the worst thing that happens is, like, maybe you save it for three years later, or you can sell it, or maybe give it away to someone in need. Yeah. There's always good ways to take care of these problems. Right. Better exactly. than saying, like, Mom, why did you get me this? I don't, you know I don't need this. It doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah. Well, our, my parents were pretty good this year. They got us some cool stuff. and mm-hmm. They got us Burning Man goggles. Or, yeah. They're like these antique, like from World War Two or something. These super cool glass goggles. That was a good eBay find, yeah. I must say. The cool, like, I love those. old pilot goggles. It is really unique. And we'll definitely use them. So that was good. You know, I used to fill the void, fill like the hole inside my soul, the god-shaped hole, the void, the emptiness, what whatever you want to call, call it. it. Yeah, we used to fill this like this hole in ourselves, this missing part, we would just like fill it up with booze and bad things. Try to fill it up. 
but it never really actually fills it up. Right. There's still this, like, missing something. Yeah. And on the holidays, I think, in general, a lot of people fill up that part of themselves with, like, things or possessions. Or shopping. Like, people yeah. get a thrill or, like, a high from shopping and buying new stuff sometimes, just like other people get a high from doing drugs or drinking or, like, overeating or, you know, using food in a, a bad way. Right. But everybody's just trying to fill up this empty space within themselves that's, you know, they're just looking for this, like, spiritualness or... Yeah. I think we have a lack of authentic spirituality, especially in this country. You know, people try to fill that up however they can. Like, I would always try to fill it up by drinking and partying, and it did make me happy for a while, not gonna lie. It worked for a few years, and then all of a sudden it stopped working rapidly and everything started crashing and burning and I couldn't understand why this thing that I had used that had worked for me or seemed to work for me for such a long time wasn't making me feel good anymore it was doing the opposite it was making me feel terrible it was ruining everything in my life and my relationships and you know I just started losing myself and losing connection at a rapid pace and I think People use lots of things in an abusive way to try and, like, fill that void inside, you know? That's why I don't like, like, when we, like, call ourselves alcoholics or whatever, putting labels on ourselves. Like, a lot of people have the same problem. It's just a lack of spirituality, lack of, like, connection with, you know, there. I, I know now that there is more to this universe than this like physical plane mm-hmm. that we see every day and like you can't see that when you're just blocking it out with uh with, like jameson or you're just numbing yourself you're like yeah. numbing yourself to the ache which doesn't actually and really you're just pushing yourself it. farther away right and yeah i share that same feeling about the term alcoholic and addict nowadays like I think it's useful to a point when you're first getting sober to start to understand the seriousness of it, to use those words. But I think those words have so much stigma attached nowadays, and people who don't see themselves in that category use those words to think to themselves, like, oh, those people are so messed up. You know, those people have a disease. Those people, those other people, those terms are used to, like, other people who are struggling with substance use in in reality it's all just bad coping mechanisms so mine might be drinking yours might be procrastination or overeating or shopping or going into debt or gambling like they're all there are all these ways that people use the wrong things to try and fill the void inside and creating these labels for people who use drugs and alcohol is just like a way of imposing judgment on people whose bad coping mechanisms are different from your bad coping mechanisms. So you're saying that maybe sometimes buying a fancy car that you don't need can be just as bad as having a drinking problem. 
Well, I just but think... But one's more accepted by... Yeah, definitely. One's way more accepted by society. I don't think anyone really has the right to label it as better or worse, you know? It's... The situations are subjective. You know, maybe buying that car ends up having, like, a really terrible, horrible effect on the rest of your family. Whereas me, like, drinking five glasses of wine in a night just has an effect on my hangover the next day. You know, like, it's it's so subjective. And I think that we need to just look at the broader problem in people in general as this lack of spirituality and lack of connection and not judge everyone for their chosen way of trying to deal with that. Right. Cool. So what are our goals coming up? Well... I am really happy that I'm getting a lot of opportunities to teach yoga at a local studio in Flagstaff. So if you're in this area, pop on by for one of my classes. So I'm trying to just grow with every class as a teacher. And I'm really excited for our next um, Bigger Life Adventures retreat in Joshua Tree at the end of April. Yeah, that's going to be super exciting. It's filling up fast, actually. We've gotten a lot of uh, people, like, as soon as we posted it, we had people messaging, like, I can't wait to be part of this. Yes. So it's it's going to be cool. We're going to sell out. So early bird price ends in February, so get on it now if you want to be part of it. Right, and it's a weekend camp out, so you don't even have to take any days off work if you're within driving distance. It's 325 for camping if you bring your own tent. Um, if you don't want to do that, there's also the option to stay in a yurt, which is going to be super cool, or in a tiny house, and there's two tiny houses, and they're perfect for a couple or a pair of people coming together. And we have so many, like, really cool things planned for this weekend. The thing I'm probably most excited for is the Integratron. Yes. This is the coolest thing. So this guy, back in the day... He was obsessed with connecting with aliens and extraterrestrials. So he took an electromagnetic meter and he found this energy vortex out by Joshua Tree. And on top of the energy vortex, he built this very uniquely shaped building that was, uh, the purpose of it was to focus the energy. It's like a dome, Like right? a dome. So he could uh, focus the, the energy vortex and uh, use it to try to uh, channel to uh, extraterrestrials. But um, I don't know what happened to him, but uh, other people bought it now, and they repurposed, uh, um, remodeled the building, and now they're using it for uh, sound healing sessions. So this place has the most amazing acoustics, and you're on top of an energy vortex, and they do a sound healing session. Uh, I'm so excited about this because I, I love gong baths, and just, like, it, it takes you to another world if you just do this, like, in a tent like with no acoustic, good acoustics so having the good acoustics it's going to be uh, I think it could be an intense experience yeah I love sound healing ceremonies so I'm super excited for that and we're going to get to go into Joshua Tree National Park of course and go hiking or we'll do some yoga in the park yeah and we're also going to do on the first night we're going to do a cacao ceremony with some cacao that we harvested ourselves in Sri Lanka. 
Yes, that will be super cool. That's super special. If you haven't done a cacao ceremony before, it's a really special experience. And it'll be a good way to bring us all together on the first night. And, of course, we'll have the amazing vegan food cooked by me. Yes, your food is always amazing. That was a big hit of our first campout retreat we did. It's going to be even more next-level delicious on this one, I'm sure. And we have... So, like, four yoga classes included, meditation, breath work. We're so excited. It's just going to be the best. And we'll have, like, campfires and vegan s'mores, of course, and stargazing, and, yeah, so much goodness. And uh, we have a a deal, too. If you uh, you come as a couple, you get a little bit cheaper price. And, like, if you add up all the stuff we're giving you and you did it all separately, you're going to pay a lot more money, so. Right. We just want to give everybody a good deal. And also 10% of your fee so um if you go with the uh camping for 325 that's gonna include a 32 dollar donation that goes to charity water yes which is a really cool organization they're awesome because every dollar you donate to charity water 100 percent of that dollar goes directly to building wells in developing nations right they have a really awesome model where a certain few rich families fund all the operations and management costs for their nonprofit. So those people know that all of their money is going to just the running of the place. Whereas every like individual donor or group or person who fundraises for charity water to build wells knows that 100% of their money is going to actual well projects on the ground. So they have tons of integrity and they're amazing. And I just read Scott Harrison's book, The Founder of Charity Water, and it was super good. So if you need a book recommendation, check out Thirst by Scott Harrison. That's our our big thing in the springtime, surviving winter, um, just working on ourselves, and, you know, life's pretty good right now. We're getting a van. Yeah, we're uh, transitioning into van life here, so We, we know what van we want. But we haven't, like, made the purchase yet, but that's coming soon, so. You guys will see all those pictures once they're happening, and that'll be a fun process for us. Yes. We'll have the whole bigger life thing, kind of. We can all take it with us wherever we go. Hopefully paint a big logo on the side. Yes. It's going to be exciting. Exciting times. So. Yeah, if you haven't heard of us before, follow us on Instagram. It's at Bigger Life Adventures, Facebook, same name, or BiggerLifeAdventures.com. We'll put the links down below in the show notes, and we'll have some more podcasts coming out soon. Right. Maybe we'll do another one before 2019 or right at the beginning. I'd like to talk about New Year's and some resolutions, maybe. We should talk about New Year's. And spending New Year's sober is always an interesting time. Yes, we should talk about that. And then after that, we'll maybe get some guest speakers on right. here. And yeah, we already have some guests lined up. Yeah, we do have some guests lined up. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. We love your support. Please leave your comments, any questions you might have. We love to connect with people and build our tribe bigger all the time. Right. All right. Peace. Namaste. Namaste. All that hippie stuff. And we'll talk to you soon. Right. Later.